What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Hello and welcome along to this month's edition of the Music for Modern Living Radio Show right here on Blue and Green Radio. You're locked in with me, Nigel Gentry. Party people, this is Mr. V of Confessions of a Curly Mind broadcasting through Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Ride the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Twisted Souls. You're listening to the Blue and Green podcast, and I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com. Welcome, friends. You're tuned in to another episode of the Blue in Green podcast. Welcome. How are you? My name's Imran. Thank you very much for tuning in to today. Uh, quick reminder, firstly, uh, the Blue in Green podcast runs in conjunction with Blue in Green Radio, the online internet radio station. Uh, we are London-based, uh, and uh, we host shows from across the world, and uh, we celebrate contemporary soul, jazz, funk, Latin music, um, uh, and hip hop, and today's episode uh, features a guest very much exemplary of everything uh, about Blue in Green Radio. We're talking to uh, Tom Chutari from the wonderful New York based jazz collective Uncivilized. We featured them very recently on um, an article for Blue in Green Radio. Uh, we talked about just the, the fantastic, eclectic, and dynamic nature uh, of. Of the band and uh, they're, they're a real find that as of this year as of 2020 there are two singles available for your purchase uh, one is called Rain Stomp and the other is called Yams uh, his uh, Bandcamp page the Bandcamp page for the band is just a treasure trove of live recordings uh, super cool merch and uh, just great music so uh, again I uh, will urge you to check that one out. We'll provide links in the uh, description for this episode as well. But also look up on Civilized at blueandgreenradio.com to catch that article as well. Um, Tom, I'm I'm thrilled uh, that we've made that connection uh, with him and the band. Uh, they're uh, they're honestly a real find, and we've f- bumped into each other online, and uh, we've managed to have this article and uh, this conversation. Uh, as well which is it's meant a lot to me uh, for reasons that we go into quite early on in the discussion um, I'm I'm completely in, in awe of him as a as a person uh, as a as a family man as a as a musician uh, as a as an artist with an incredible vision and uh, I'm very I yeah totally inspired by by everything about it and um, I hope you guys will be as well um, we feature two songs per podcast, as regular listeners will know. Our guest picks, <laughs> our guest picks the closing song. In this case, it is the longest song we've ever had. Uh, I won't ruin it, but it's the longest closing song ever, uh, which is why my intro is going to be a bit brief <laughs> today. Uh, but I have the luxury uh, of picking the first song, which we're about to play right now, and it would be incredibly rude uh, and ridiculous not to pick something from the band. So we're going to go with the first song of theirs that I ever heard. Uh, released earlier this year, I believe March 2020. It is uh, Uncivilized Rain Stomp. It's such a great song, and uh, I very much hope you guys enjoy the episode. Uh, please uh, check us out again at blueingreenradio.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and very much hope that you'll enjoy the episode today. 
dude, you're here. How are yeah. you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, sir. Oh, it's a, it's really cool to finally get to talk to you. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, for all of your uh, your work. Uh, no, geez, absolutely not. It's a, it's a pleasure to to kind of connect with people as uh, as ingenious as yourself. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's an absolute pleasure. How you feeling today, man? I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You're in Vermont now. I'm in Vermont right now. Yeah. But you're New York based usually. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to get back to New York as soon as I can, but um uh yeah, like I think I've mentioned to you, I'm on chemotherapy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So my doctors have have recommended I stay out of New York for at least this past this this past month. I got to talk to them in the next week or so to figure out what the plan is. Yeah. Do you have people in Vermont or are you, are you there alone or? Oh, uh, no, I mean I've got a family, so my whole family is here. Oh, they're with you then. That's yeah. great. Yeah, I mean yeah, we're, so but we're kind of like quarantining together, you know, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as family up here, uh, I have family in New Hampshire, and um, which is nearby here. And then we're at my aunt's place, which is like a kind of like a little ski cabin. Um, oh, wow. So, I mean, that's nice, but it's incredibly kind of desolate up here. Right. <laughs> but... um. The opposite of New York, I guess. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. How is, um, if you don't mind me asking, how are your sessions going? Uh, they're, they're going They're going well. Um, I've done five of 12. So okay. um, I've got a ways to go, unfortunately, but um, almost halfway there. So, mm. um, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, the thing is, it's, it's with pills. So, um, and it's only five days out of the month. So your body kind of recovers um, around the middle of the month. You usually do it at the beginning of the month. And um, so, you know, it's it's really bad those five days, but, you know, the rest yeah. of the month is not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. It's, it's incredible the effect it has on, on people, isn't it? It's, um, I, I can't, I can't think what those five days are, are like for you each, each time. Yeah, I mean, I would say it, it is good to feel that I'm like doing something proactive, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so that helps because, um, you know, prior to this, I was doing these like MRI scans every three or four months um, just to kind of like track the progress. And um, so once we decided to do this whole treatment um, as a family, it, uh, felt good to kind of like be fighting or something yeah that's that's that is a great way of looking at it so you you were diagnosed i'm probably not gonna be able to pronounce this i'm really sorry but it was you were diagnosed with an oligo oh gosh dendroglioma tumor is that correct yeah oligodendroglioma yeah yeah you all sounded better yeah (laughs) um it's uh i mean and that came you have this just i I kind of I hope you don't mind me referencing it. It's just it's such an incredible article that you wrote. Uh, you, you wrote this this piece about uh, about your illness. Uh, it was called Brain, and it talks about you sort of living your life in a perfectly normal day to day way, and then all of a sudden everything kind of turns upside down, and within a sp- days, weeks, months, you you are diagnosed. Uh, with this condition you're you're having to seek treatment for it and an operation and change everything about how you live from that point onwards 
I can't even think how that is as a process to kind of to come to terms with. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of trauma going on, and I think uh, it was a traumatic experience, but um, there were some silver linings. So, um, you know, it wasn't all bad, and mm. um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a hell of a couple years, I'd say. Um, we also had our second child um, about a year after I was diagnosed, so that was amazing, but um, you know, things have gotten complicated, um, further complicated, but um, yeah, anyways. I feel like we're beginning with maybe the end, but like I, I, I think what you've kind of gone on to do and the fact that you kind of picked up a guitar like it's just almost straight away to continue your kind of your output. I it just, I can't think of anything else to say than just it's, you're a total inspiration, dude. Like you just didn't kind of say, Oh, well, I'm going to have to stop this now or, and focus on other things. You just, it was a part of you and it, it, you just carried forward putting out this, this incredible project, this, this uncivilized project. And I, I just think from everything that you've achieved, I, I can't think how proud you must feel um well thank you first off those are really kind words and uh that gives me energy energy and um uh i mean a lot of it is the the band members and the different people who have put time and energy into that project i mean um yeah i mean i can't say enough about that and how much their contributions are really what the sound of that project is and has been for a while um and then also i just want to thank you know my the doctors i mean like i wouldn't be able to play guitar again if it weren't for the people who diagnosed me my wife who who um took care of me after i had the surgery and who really was the one who pushed for me to go to the hospital um and we got married in the hospital actually we we weren't married yet oh my gosh wow um, so that was a whole beautiful thing and uh but the doctor, I mean, like my neurosurgeon, you know, it was like an eight hour procedure or something like that. Sorry, maybe it was five hours. But, um, you know, he was able to keep my memory intact from before the surgery, once I had recovered, you know. Um, but, you know, and just the ability to play guitar or even listen to music, which is are two incredible um, privileges. Um let alone doing it for, for money or for mm. whatever. Um, a career, yeah. 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 But like, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to do any of that if it weren't for these amazing medical workers. So it is, yeah, it is amazing. And obviously there are, uh, their contributions in just today, what, what with what the world are facing in both of our countries, certainly and across the world in terms of, uh, our current lifestyle of being locked away uh, and their contributions are, you know, they're being celebrated and brought to the forefront as much as anything now, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, important right now for sure. So you, you mentioned uh, your incredible band members for the, uh, the uncivilized project. I mean, how did you guys initially come together to, to kind of start making music in this, in this context? Yeah. Okay. So see i mean it all started in in new york city um that project and um 
it was a small group of friends at the beginning. Um, and um, then it sort of expanded out into this kind of big band somehow. And um, part of that was um, there was this series that's now over. I mean, clearly, but it's been over for a while in uh in brooklyn in this neighborhood called park slope um there was this little it was called tea lounge and it had um it had a big band series there that was called size matters and you know i was uh just finished university i was in new york and i was working a job uh, in the environmental sector um and uh like an office job and um that was making me want to like write a bunch of music and play music more and more as an outlet and so i was writing a lot more and i was looking for venues to play at basically not not for money for basically for fun and um as kind of like an artistic outlet or something and um so i was looking around and i I went to that tea lounge place. It wasn't a it wasn't a big band night that I went there, and the vibe in there was just so cool. It was like it was like a coffee shop with a a bar in it, and it had like vegan food. And it was a very like uh, unique spot. And um, and actually, I f- I found out later, you know, a lot of um, interesting jazz artists kind of like got their start there, like Tim Byrne, Mary Halverson. There used to be like a really big scene of sort of like avant-garde jazz there. Um, so anyways, this is a long story, but... Um, no, that's cool. Yeah, it's interesting. So that so they had this Size Matters thing, and I, I contacted the guy. I said, hey, I've been playing some bands, and it was under my name at that time, which is a, you know, he had no idea who I was. You know, I said, like, uh, oh, is there any chance we could we could play at this thing? My band's a little bit small, and he said, "Oh well, man, you gotta keep it uh, at least twelve people <laughs> to play this thing." And I was like, "Oh, we got like eight. Can we do it?" And he said, "No, gotta be 12. So I said, "All right, I'll. I'll uh, how about I double some things?" And um, so we did some of these shows where we started doubling the percussion. And um, Actually, though, around that time, I was getting into more like percussion sounds, less drum set. And so it was pretty easy to just be like, okay, we'll just have two percussionists. But, you know, then then things got interesting and um, we had two double basses. And um, so that was really where the project started to like kind of take off playing those. And those were like two sets a night. And um and the audience was getting into it. So that was a, definitely a uh, factor. And, um, but I'll say, I mean, there would be like 10 people in the audience at most. That was kind of the vibe back then. And, um, um, also the music I was writing back then, um, was like pretty loose. So, um, what would happen, even though it was a bigger group, we would all basically be reading the same piece of music. This, these kind of like lead sheets that I would created or like lead scores, I guess, that would have like some rhythmic information, some harmonic information and some melodies. Um, and then some open sections. So 
but that that ended up working really well with the doubling because like you get this really big sound and then people were allowed to kind of like create their parts on the go with some structure. So, um, but then, you know, we would devolve into like drones. A lot of the players in the band were kind of into a lot of other music. So naturally it kind of went all over the place and um, we played some. Were you happy with, sorry to interrupt. Were you happy with that at the start? Cause that's something that's gone on to define you guys as like, even now, isn't it? Were you happy with this kind of eclectic approach that people started like introducing or were you like, wait, no, 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 <laughs> let's streamline this a little bit. Yeah, no, I think it felt really good. Like it was, uh, yeah, it just sounded and felt super good. So we kept going with that. Um, and, and like there were some shows, performances with that band where um, uh, there were some really intense moments that felt pretty uh, – kind of like out of body and stuff like that that had a lot to do with it being completely kind of like gonna fall apart at any moment or like open to whatever anyone wanted to do so yeah that became just part that became that project pretty much was that kind of ethos and that structure that sounds that sounds incredible right to be part of that on that stage with with all this stuff happening around you. I mean, what more could you have wanted, right? Yeah, I, mean, I feel incredibly lucky. And I think um, there was a time when I was working that day job and playing one of those shows at a bar where we were pretty much background music. I think this is one that uh, was a year before that, but um, the place where Ben Ratliff ended up coming and seeing us unbeknownst to everyone okay. in the band. Um and uh it was at that venue you know I, we were playing on that level where like it was just really loud and like big wall of sound and it was kind of going all over the place and um i think at that time i was like wow i, I want to do this more <laughs> and um like this feels really good this is like kind of maybe what i should be doing with my time so it wasn't really until then and it was, so it was through that band and having some sort of like experience where it was feeling really special. Um, where it, you know, became something that I put more and more time into. And where, so the, and the name Uncivilized came from the kind of the dynamic approach that your music was taking or was it? Uh, no, 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 actually that's a, um, so I put out one album it's not streamable. Um, it was through this record label that my friends and I were starting um, called Tiny Montgomery. And uh, the stuff's on Bandcamp, but um, it's no longer a thing. And um, we did an album. My first album was with them. And it was recorded in this kind of like living room studio by a bunch of the people that were involved with the uh the label and um, people being really generous with their time and their, their skills. And um, uh, so we, we made that album and I was looking for a name for it and I was working that job in the environmental field. Um, I have a degree in environmental studies and um, 
I was reading some stuff though that was kind of like anti-environmentalism. It was uh, this guy named Paul Kingsnorth. He was actually he's um, British, um, and uh, he had these uh, these different um, I guess writings that were talking about kind of how it's a little bit too late for the for the earth they're very dark um but but he was like you know he was a former journalist and environmental activist and at some point he kind of i don't know i don't want to say threw the towel in but like decided that focusing on like local environments and um art actually and writing was was kind of a better use of his time and and that that was the only thing that would really put some positivity back into something that's, you know, a really systemic problem that maybe we can't control or something like that. And so he, his whatever thing was that um, being uncivilized is probably like a little bit less hooked into everything and hooked into civilization is probably maybe what the world needs more of. Um, so the name really came from that. And then it was kind of a joke about how the band was, you know, has a capital U and how the band was, I mean, some of my music is hard, has a lot of like metric changes and har- like intense harmonic shifts and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's not really, and I mean, what's, what's more, what's less uncivilized than putting a band together, putting out album. <laughs> so, I mean, that sounds cheeky, but like it, it really came out of that. It just seemed right after reading that, some of that stuff. And the project is called the dark mountain project, which is something that Paul Kings North started. And there's, there's a whole thing out there about uncivilized writing, which is like a technique and that's with an s that's the british spelling right as well as inspiring you to make a band did he inspire you to sort of to leave leave the job as well leave the office job eventually yeah he was part of it but before long i was back because i needed money so um, (laughs) uh i try i mean i tried for a bit to teach guitar lessons and that didn't really i still do that but people always you know kind of flake and is that paul's kind of mindset still now is that like it's quite an interesting uh kind of i guess epiphany that he had in terms of wanting to you know not seeing the benefit in his his causes anymore and i guess it impacting you is quite interesting but is that still his stance or has he said no wait a minute actually (laughs) Um, saving the planet i mean he's a he's an interesting figure i mean i'm not on board with everything he says but uh not everything he does is like super political which is something that i respect and um yeah i mean he's still like in that realm of of thinking but uh he's busy writing books i think so right um, and uh got some really crazy books about made up languages and stuff like that and (laughs) you mentioned the kind of political element i mean would you say there was sort of a political element to your music i mean there's 
um the the one of the singles that I was hoping to discuss with you, the uh, the Rain uh, Stomp, you had proceeds of that going to the Stacey Abrams Fair Fight Action Organization, yeah, uh, which uh, which is incredible. But I guess before that, actually, I have a lead-in question to that. So my lead-in question is, where did the term the Bernie Sanders Jazz Band come from? <laughs> is that, yeah. is that self-appointed, or is that something that you're happy with, or what, what does that what does that kind of mean for you? You know, I'm sad about it now because he's no longer <laughs> in the race. Um, and I was a, I was a believer or whatever. I, I, I still am. I still love the things that Bernie stands for and, uh, Mm. just his honesty, which you don't get much in politics. Absolutely. Um, not, not to mention his long career of working for people less fortunate than himself. And, um, Mm. so anyways, that's my, that's my Bernie bro moment. (laughs) 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 Um, but okay, yeah, that name. Okay, so we used to play at this place called Barbez in Brooklyn, which is probably my favorite venue. Um, it's a little French bar with a back room. Um, and it gets pretty rowdy in there. That's where you did your Twin Peaks performance on Bandcamp, right? Yeah, yeah, the Twin Peaks album yeah. was recorded there. Right. Um, although we, again, it was a that was just someone was there from WNYU and they had a tape recorder on. So I think that's why it came out so well is that no one knew that it was being recorded. Right. Um, anyways, so we, we had a gig there one time and, uh, there was a, yeah, there was a guy who was thinking about maybe trying to manage the band or get, or maybe do some booking for us. And uh, so he came, he actually came all the way from Florida. I mean, he was in town for a little bit and he came to the Barbez show and there was like no one there. There was like five people there. I was like, oh my gosh, this looks terrible. Um, And he was sitting like front row. So I was super nervous. And um, uh, so then afterwards I had a beer with him and his friend was with him. And uh, he was like, oh man, you guys sound like the Bernie Sanders jazz band. I was like, oh, what? Okay. This was like when, I think, before the Hillary election. Or maybe, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe maybe after, just after. Uh, yeah, because I could probably find a date for you at some point. But um, yeah, it was a Barbez show. and uh, oh, no, I was just going to say, like, what, what did he mean when he said that, though? Like, what, what, I'm not quite sure what the, the, the connotation is. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> oh, okay. I, don't know. I mean, I guess there's like a, a democratic socialism in the band, maybe. Right. Uh, but I don't think he was going that deep in there. Right. Um, yeah, maybe it's because we didn't look that cool. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a real fascinating thing. But I think it's great. I I I kind of I guess it's that kind of that free flowing. I don't know, just a, a, eclectic, high energy stuff. I don't know. I mean, he, Bernie was was infamous for tapping into a whole generation. He was their, their political hero for quite a long time, wasn't he? So maybe, maybe that's yeah, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd love to get some kids at our shows. I mean, maybe they could <laughs> play some shakers or something along with us. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where that was coming from. I think it, maybe. It, oh, so anyway, so then, then uh, you know, we put out an album a bit later and we were putting together the blurb about the album. Uh, it was our EP actually melted candy. And, uh, right. 
we put a little description of that together and uh, we said, oh man, let's use that, the Bernie Sanders jazz band thing. Um, that sounds fitting and confusing enough for, you know, for <laughs> music writers and uh, elusive or something. And um, so then that album came out and it, it got reviewed somewhere and, and the reviewer used that, um, that thing in the review. In fact, I think it was in like the heading of it or something. Right. So then that became kind of something we were using in our little social media descriptions and stuff. It's kind of a joke. Um, That's very, I wonder if there's a Donald Trump death metal band out there or anything <laughs> like that. that... <laughs> Probably. So I guess from that, well, <laughs> uh, Kanye, so from... <laughs> they could be, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a good setup actually yeah that, that would be it <laughs> there's um so i guess from there we go to uh so rain stomp which is which again you know mentioning the stacy abrams fair fight action organization again which is about protecting um uh the right to vote is that is that uh, uh kind of what, what that organization is about yeah and then they're also um you know, putting money into different initiatives that combat voter suppression, um, which is to try and make the vote more fair. And um, Stacey Abrams was going to be the governor of Georgia. And it basically got stolen from her, the election, and by a Republican due to gerrymandering and voter suppression initiatives so mm. she started this organization right after that right after she lost actually and uh now it's looking like maybe she'll be a vice vice president um with biden i hope so oh yeah so fair fight yeah i really didn't want the money to go to bernie even though i supported him and pretty much everyone in the band did um except for one person but um <laughs> uh uh, they were a Warren supporter, which is cool. I'm down with that. And, um, but I wanted it to be kind of like left up to the voters to pick because there is a lot of like kind of negative Bernie energy. There was a lot going on a while back that I didn't like. And, um, so the money went to this, I, I did some research and it went to this, I decided that maybe we could, we could put the money from the music to, uh, making it a fair election and then maybe and letting people decide on their own or whatever. Yeah. Are um, you quite politically minded in general? I mean, I'm I'm pretty uh, disillusioned to the whole political system, especially right now. Mm. Um, but uh, my father is always reading politics. He's from Jersey, and um, he. Uh, has taught me a lot and when i was a teenager i was pretty into it i mean then again i was disillusioned but it was like during the gore era you know when gore lost to bush i'll never forget watching that on on like a 10 inch television with my dad and you know seeing them change the results of it like oh gore is one projected winner and then george bush projected winner uh. and um so that kind of like took the wind out of my sails, but so yeah, I've been into it for a while, but um, I think the news is really interesting and 
Um, I'm pretty scared of social media and what it's doing to our political process. So I don't know. I'm just kind of like watching things and and trying to like keep my cool. I'd say it is interesting that uh, how I don't know the, the the part that social media has had in the last say two elections. I think is um as you say scary is a, is is a great word. I think it's introduced the the concept of uh, opinion as fact, and I, I think that's probably the scariest thing that happened to uh to politics. I think yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, it's it's totally true. Um. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um. Uh. We have um. We have two fantastic uh. uh singles, uh. Which uncivilized uh, blessed uh. Blessed the world with this year, which are really really exciting tracks. And I'm, I'm I'm I as you well, as you know I'm I just adore them. I just head over heels for them. Um. We have Rain Stomp, which came out I think in March. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And it came out on the voting day. The super. Yes. TV. That's right. Yeah, and then Yams came out. I think a a, a week ago uh, today, if I or, or like last last Friday, excuse me, not a week, um, just like about four or five days ago, than when we're talking now. Um, two amazing, really, really incredible songs, and it's funny because I obviously wrote something for our our website for it, and in kind of researching you, there is there's so much like I we've I've sort of alluded to it already, but there's. There are a lot of tags that people um, kind of attach to your music in terms of your you're called everything from folk jazz to free jazz to psych jazz. Does, is that something general that you kind of like, yeah, great. We want to be different to anything else that, that people have heard. Or do you kind of feel being on, a, on the side of the fence where you have to actually go and market yourself as a certain, as a certain thing, as a certain brand? Do you find that? that people almost, I wouldn't say struggle, maybe struggle to kind of get to grips with, with how to define you. Do you find that a hurdle to kind of overcome? That was a long-winded question. I don't know how much of that made sense. <laughs> no, 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 no. It made, it made sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking of a word. Um, okay. Yeah, the... Uh, I mean, I'm kind of like... Uh, not opposed, but... Um, I'm a little bit leery of marketing anything in music mm. and um so if people want to describe it that's cool what i would i so you know i mean i i like like pretty much every type of music it's sort of an addiction so um um and i believe in i believe in the power of music to help people and to heal people and to bring them together and um so I don't know much more than that. I mean, the music is pretty much just just what I do. You know, I can't really stop it. And um, I'm lucky to have these people to play it with me. It's hard right now because so much of music is a social thing. And um, so much of that sound of that group, I think, is the the collaborative spirit or whatever that's going on. So it's very hard to describe. It's hard to describe anything. It's hard to describe, let alone music. So, mm. um, but there's so much marketing going on in the music industry. So I try and kind of avoid it or, um, yeah. But, uh, some of those, yeah, I don't know. You're asking about the tags, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, no, everything you're saying is no, it makes all the, all the sense in the world, but yeah, it's just that it's, I just, I've encountered people who 
are told to pick a style basically you know where it's kind of like you're trying to hit too many different uh, 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 uh sounds and you know then you kind of have people that sort of say well you know you need to try and focus your uh stay in a lane i'm just kind of wondering you know as a music fan i i i think it's it's interesting there are people who embrace being able to pick anything that they want but if you're making the music it's always difficult because you're told to to focus it does that make sense yeah definitely um and it reminds me of there's a i don't know what the exact quote is but paul blay was talking about this once um that um he was playing a bunch of cocktail gigs and uh this is you know he played a lot of jazz standards over the years and um but eventually he moved into this thing where the music was he was trying to make the music interesting to the audience so it was always changing and moving and going into different sections different genres maybe um so that was really i liked that idea and um so part of it is trying to not like waste people's time um that may sound weird, but like a lot of the uncivilized tracks are not super long. And, um, you know, some people have, uh, maybe connected us with jam bands or jamming. And, um, I don't know if anyone's actually really done that, but, um, I'm, I'm a little bit, I try, tend to avoid that kind of vibe a little bit because I feel like it, it kind of bores people or wastes their time. People, you know, time is precious. And so um, if we can get to our, what we're trying to say in Uncivilizer, we can keep it interesting for people longer. Hmm. I think that's, that's a, that's a good goal. And um, Um, uh, you you kind of have uh, with the first single that we mentioned, Rain, Stomp, uh, with Stomp in capital letters. How would you define a stomp? Because you've got a few out, uh, which are kind of interesting concepts for, for songs. But what was the thought process for? for for that kind of type of track yeah so the stomp uh a stomp is a thing that comes from new orleans and actually i forgot to say this before i mean you know people can call my music whatever i'm like i'm happy to have them listen they they don't have to know this but like i'm really a, a jazz fan that's really my favorite like the history of jazz means a lot to me and has helped me through some stuff and so you know that's my favorite stuff. And, um, I think that I want uncivilized is, is a, is a jazz band really. So, yeah. Yeah. So stomp with, with, with no all caps, um, stomp is a, uh, is a type of song that was, there were a lot of them coming out of new Orleans in the turn of the century. Jelly roll Morton wrote a bunch of them. um, I think there's even a Jelly Roll Morton stomp. Um, but the most famous one is a King Porter stomp. And I think uh, I think Jelly Roll wrote that. Um, and so that is a kind of, I guess, song form. I think it's like 16 bars. And it's, um, but it's got this like four on the floor, New Orleans kind of um, second line thing going. Um. And so I was into that. I like that New Orleans music. And a lot of that New Orleans music, you know, like everyone's kind of soloing it mo- at once, um, which I mm. like. And mm. so I started writing these things that were really like, 
and I was listening to a lot of Count Basie actually too. And um, all right, uh, but I, but I was writing these things that were kind of just like really four on the floor that made you want to kind of like stomp. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's where the name came from with with the, on my music. And but you know it wasn't like New Orleans stuff, so I was like, oh, we'll, we'll just capitalize it, stomp. Um, and then the other thing is I used to like to put those stomp against like contrasted against some like metric thing where like it would go into a crazy time signature unrelated or something. So it was very non unstomp in the, in the original song thing. So I didn't want to like co-opt it. So that was the other thing there. Um, and, and obviously yams has, has just come out. Are you happy with how that one's being received as well? That was recorded a while ago, and um, yeah. it's nice to kind of relive that that recording. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing. song, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we haven't played it in a while, um, but yeah, yams. Um, I'm a I'm a vegan. I've been cooking a lot through this pandemic, and um, I think I was cooking something when I wrote that. Probably, so, <laughs> probably cooking some yams. Do you guys, um, as a as a collective, have you been sort of t- discussing? life post pandemic like things that you'd like to to do like musically together or places you like to perform or the idea of getting together and recording an album or an ep or anything like that is that the kind of plans that you i know it's impossible to to even consider those things at the moment with no dates or deadlines for anything uh, which is completely understandable but um yeah as a as a band is there a plan that you'd like to put out together um there there's nothing like super in the works but um i i'm i'm enjoying looking at some of the back catalog and like looking at old weird demos and weird live recordings and seeing if there's any way to share those with people oh cool um so i like that and then there is one i did this duo album with um the keyboardist in uncivilized his name's dominic mecky and uh we borrowed a hammond organ from someone for like about a week and uh, i played acoustic guitar and dom played um the hammond organ and we just we were in a little little room and we had um my old apartment and we had um my friend my roommate was on tour so we were in his room and we put up these uh mics in there and i played acoustic in the um and the Hammond and we did a whole, whole bunch of recording. And so I'm working on that. Um, and Dom is kind of like, he recorded it. So maybe that'll be finished. Um, so there's that, um, there's a lot more stops that have never been. I certainly look forward to, um, yeah, I'll be keeping a close eye on your Bandcamp page and looking up anything that, uh, like that comes out because yeah i think you're, you're making amazing really incredible inspiring music so uh yeah i i hope that will uh continue uh, as soon as you guys are all able to you know get to that point where that can be the focus again um and what about you what's uh how how are things in uh uk right now i suppose much the same that the, the conversation is starting about easing restrictions um they're um, I mean, nothing obviously set in stone. The schools are still closed. So we have two, uh, much like yourself, we have two kids here. Um, one was supposed to be at nursery, the other one at uh, primary school. 
so it's been i think this is our seventh week i think of, of everyone at home and um it's yeah home wise it's going okay uh but yeah outside it's um i think they're approaching a level of confidence that they can start to ease restrictions but they're i think they're keen not to rush into anything at the moment but yeah the effects on musicians like yourself and the effect on small businesses has got to be um uh, catastrophic hasn't it yeah totally it's crazy um and yeah, yeah i mean uk has got a big big jazz scene i mean jazz in, in particular i mean these zoom videos I, I can't really watch them they're just there's something sort of depressing about it it's like, <laughs> we're like we're like giving in to the fact that like it is it is like a on like on facebook if i go on to you know do radio stuff or the first thing that normally crops up in a feed is, you know, a DJ live streaming from their bedroom or uh, a musician with a guitar and, and they're doing their thing. And it's in a ways I, I love it. Like, I just, I just think it's great that it's that adapt and overcome aspect, isn't it? And I, I think the music industry as a whole have had to work really hard to, you know, I, I think as individuals and people, you can see that, people are taking huge steps with these 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 you know online performances and Bandcamp doing flash sales from different record labels and and things like that it is interesting i was very surprised to hit to read actually that spotify numbers or streaming numbers of music in general are down i thought they would have gone through the roof but apparently i guess people are maybe not able to consume as much music as they as they used to yeah, well, Spotify is so expensive, though. I mean, they should make it free for creators, at least, to listen on there. Um, I mean, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But um, <laughs> the, the the Zoom I, thing, though, I find is the it's that when the ja- jazz musicians are trying to like, I mean, are really eager to like play with other people, which is so beautiful to see that like people want to come together and like that's what yeah. they're learning is that like, wow. Yeah, I need to stay in touch with people. Yeah. I, I need to be a good friend. And so not all of us are, are really there, but um um when they when they try and do these zoom playing at this it's not it just doesn't swing, you know, like you, you have to record it separately and and um maybe that's what'll come out of this is like an amazing instantaneous video technology or something yeah that's a great point yeah i'm not really sure people is the is the whole concept of it that it has to be uh that there has to be sort of recorded live ish together or are they is one person doing their set and there's a lot of post-production that people don't know is is actually happening i'm not sure there's that and then there's that yeah there's just all there's that lag i mean the internet there's lag between you and i right now it's hard yeah. to hear it because this is really good technology, but like, uh, and we're just doing audio, but when you do video across internet, I don't think it's possible yet because it's not hardwired. Um, you can just never, you, you can never play and like instantaneously hear what someone else is doing and react. And, you know, that's kind of core to a lot of jazz in my yeah. opinion. I don't know. No, no, I, no, I, I completely uh agree it's um it is uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see if uh, there's something that 
like you say, it comes out of it in terms of people say, hey, how, how can we actually do that? But you're right. I don't know if that, that can exist without stark level technology. I don't know. Yeah, I, I did. I did. I want to share this with whoever's listening or whatever. I did find that a landline. Um, I don't know if it was that I was in the same state with this person. I contacted my old uh, one of my old mentors up here in Vermont and who plays guitar. And we um, we were able to play just for a minute because he um, had to go. But um, it was instantaneous over the phone on speaker. Oh, cool. So that was pretty exciting. Um, Very cool. So, yes, you have, you, you obviously, you brought your guitar with you to Vermont. Very cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, right here, right next to me. <laughs> Lovely. Have you been, have you been creative in this time as well? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I, I'm taking care of my kids a lot because, um, yeah, my, my daughter is normally in preschool. So, um, uh, and then my son is like, He's one, but he's, you know, he's almost two and he's right, right behind her with everything. So that's, that's where most of my energy is going, but we're having lots of drum jams together. The kids love drumming. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. And, um, creative. Yeah. I'm working on a new song and, um, I'm kind of a slow writer. And then most importantly, I'm working on a book. That's like my main thing. Um, so I'm trying to finish that while I'm up here, finish the draft. You've, yeah, you've mentioned that. Was that in that article I mentioned earlier? Were you writing a book about, was it guitar players or something? It, it's about a particular guitar, I guess, method or, or style that, that I really like. And I've interviewed some people and it's going to be, it's kind of sort of become a collaborative project. So um, some other guitarists have contributed different, quotes and writings about this style of playing that's really cool how how is that how is that that progressing are you kind of near near completion are there more people you you were hoping to to connect with that you've yet been able yet been um, unable to i mean i have a list and i've 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 made it through a lot i've made i've been able to speak with a lot of them uh thankfully but i'm really just trying to finish my part here which is uh actually these diagrams of the different these different it's all about like the do you play guitar imran no sadly not no you must know like a few chords or something okay to play or yeah or just no no yeah i mean you know my daughter's ukulele it's not in here oh it's in another room that's a shame oh you play a ukulele <laughs> okay there you go well no no i don't play it's just she has one oh, okay. I, I i can strum uh uh ridiculously on it and it sounds awful but i could have i could have treated you to that and then been a guest of <laughs> yeah. your book part of the yeah exactly contribution <laughs> that, that's the spirit well you know you probably know what a g chord is right right yes yep yeah like it, you might even know what it looks like g d a e okay. c those are like the most common guitar shape chords on the standard tune guitar and um the book is about that pretty much. And the fact that like everybody knows a couple and including grandma and the beggar on the corner. And then you've got like slash the like glam rock star. And he's like playing a D up on the, on the stadium. So I'm pretty obsessed with that particular, those chords and like how you can, how you can like expand them into weird places on the neck and like keep that spooky ringing sound going. 
So, um, uh, yeah. Are there books like on that that intricate a topic that you've that you've already like? Do, do they kind of exist where you can analyze a musical instrument to that level of detail? I mean, there's there there's a lot of those like. Well, there's not a lot. I mean, no, there's not really. There's nothing like it. That's for sure. But um, um, there are some books like those kind of like Mel Bay, Hal Leonard books about actually Hawaiian guitar playing which has a lot of these chords in them and um also just uh, there's a great lenny bro i don't know if you've heard of him he was a jazz guitarist um long passed away but um he was a finger style jazz guitarist and he okay. he um he had a column in a guitar magazine about these open string chords um so there's that and there's a few books out there but there's nothing where it's kind of like looking at this campfire chord thing that is called Guitar Uncivilized, that project. That's, yeah, it's a great title. Do you, do you like writing in that respect? Yeah, I mean, I, li- I, like, I like reading and I, I like writing. I've done some writing myself. And, but this project is also, I got into like sort of freeform writing. And a lot of it is also trying to share some of my tricks or whatever so that I can help people who maybe want to expand their guitar playing. You know, I've taught a lot of guitar lessons and this concept really resonates with children and, um, and people who have a hard time getting into complex theory or whatever. Cause it's like, you just move the shape and then like, but you can go deep on it. Like, why does that shape sound so good? Why is the guitar tuned like that? What are, why are so many songs using that? How do you exhaust all the possibilities with those open strings Mm. that kind of thing so i don't know i'm just kind of a nerd about it and um (laughs) hoping that um that maybe i can help some people or something it's very cool i i i kind of i like your approach to things i like that you can be a nerd about something like that and diversify from incredible music to kind of examining an an instrument on this this really incredible level of detail i I think it's exciting i think a lot of what you do uh, has a a really cool passion attached to it, and uh, I think I think people resonate with that. Oh, thanks, man. I was just gonna say thanks for like discovering music, and I listened to your radio show, and there was all sorts of really oh, cool amazing. stuff on there. Um, oh, that's really cool. I feel like I gotta just mention one of the things I heard that I'd never heard before that was so good. Um, I don't I don't know. I have to, I'll have to get back to you on that. It was it was really cool. <laughs> that's okay. I really appreciate you checking it out. I hope you're. Yeah, there's lots of cool stuff on there, so I really hope you'll record. I mean, I think radio is really amazing. My wife is a big um, record collector. She has a very different musical taste. Oh, She's really into metal, actually. Um, oh, wow. So maybe that shows up. So she'd know about the Donald Trump metal band. Yeah, she might know. So she'd know if one exists. Yeah. She'd know if one exists. Yeah. I'm mindful of your time. And uh, obviously your family there and everything. And uh, I mentioned, I hope you got it, but in my email I mentioned about picking a closing song um, uh, for the this this recording for this podcast, just to let people know what your what's what song you're kind of digging at the moment. Something that's sort of been of great inspiration to you. Uh, one of the uncivilized singles, I think, would be a great pick as well. So, is there anything that you had to mind that you wanted to end this uh, this episode with? probably something not uncivilized just to like kind of throw a curveball or whatever you know there's a i don't know if it's there's this there's this um drummer i really love named rj miller and um he just put out a new album 
uh, it's just called RJ Miller Trio Two. Can I leave with a long a long track? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll start with the longest one on there. It's the first track. It's called Carnival. <laughs> it's called Carnival Country. RJ Miller Trio. He's he's my favorite drummer, and uh, this music has an amazing ability to be kind of like ambient music and also free jazz at the same time. Okay. Sounds like a great pick. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Love it. Thank you so much, dude. I honestly, I, it's meant a lot to me to be able to have this, uh, this time with you. I really, uh, appreciate you making the time. What with everything that you, you have going on? I, um, I, I can't thank you enough for, uh, for making contact. I'm so happy to have, uh, to now have uncivilized music as a part of my, uh a part of my my ipod as a part of my radio shows <laughs> as a part of of it all so I, I i think you're yeah i think you're just you're boundless uh in talent and and just uh an inspiration uh, i think what you've what you've gone through and um your passion to and desire to continue to make make music uh as as incredibly well as you do is just that um Oh, it's nothing short of, of of an inspiration. So it's amazing for me to have this this time with you now. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Imran.